Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Pat's Cast. As always, I'm your host, Stephen Newman, and today I will be discussing the Patriots' 22-12 loss to the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Uh, obviously, that that's a loss that really serves as a, a gut punch, frankly, to the Patriots' playoff hopes. They no longer uh, are in the running for a playoff spot. Um, it, it'll be the first time since 2008 that the Patriots won't make the playoffs. Um, it'll also be, as we already really knew, the, the first time since 2002 that they won't uh, finish with double-digit wins as well. But uh, that... Um, that's really already known again at this point. The, the question at this point is more so, will they even get to 500? I don't even think that that should be the primary focus. Uh, obviously, you, you generally play games to win them. I'm not suggesting that you try to lose. Uh, my only point is that uh, we may be reaching the point where you stop playing the players that you simply think are the best and... Uh, just in terms of experience, give you the best opportunity to win. You got to start wondering at this point if if maybe you start giving some younger guys, some backups, more chances to to try and develop um, out on the field. That's something I'll get into uh, probably at the end of this episode, but also in the future. I want to push that to the side for now. What I really want to focus on is this game that the Patriots just lost to the Miami Dolphins. Um as I touched on, I, I thought it was a fairly even matchup, and in all honesty, it, it was. Um, entering the fourth quarter, the Patriots led the game 9-7. to um, I mean, the Dolphins dominated the fourth quarter, and that wound up being the difference. But, I mean, the Patriots certainly were plenty competitive in this game, which, considering the Dolphins were entering the game... Eight and five, Patriots six and seven. Um, it, it's encouraging that you're you're handing tough with what seems to be a good team. But I mean, obviously, what happened happened. The Patriots lost. Um, and there's there's a lot that goes into that. Um, most notably, uh, the Dolphins' ability to run the ball at will and just not be stopped. That's frankly pretty problematic because the Dolphins came into this game ranking at the bottom of the league in yards per rush attempt. Uh, they averaged six yards per attempt, but they also just ran the ball a ton. It's 42 times for 250 yards and three touchdowns. That That's not how you expected the Dolphins to beat you if they were going to beat you. Um... So I suppose you, we could then turn this around and say it's encouraging in other areas that they didn't dominate you in those ways. But obviously a loss is a loss, and to lose in this way is frankly pretty alarming. Uh, like I said, the, the Dolphins don't do that against other teams, and it really points back to an issue the Patriots have had all year, which is their run defense broadly, but in particular I would say the linebackers. Um, there are a lot of missed tackles in this game. I won't necessarily isolate that to the linebackers, but a good chunk of it 
was the linebackers. So it's certainly an area that, I mean, the Patriots are going to need to address down the road. But again, I also just think that you probably just start throwing some other guys out there just to see what happens, whether it's uh, more Therese Hall than Juwan Bentley, for example, which I've been pushing for for a while now, frankly. But that'd be one thing. Uh, you also... And they're already playing smaller with, again, Adrian Phillips, the safety, as a linebacker. Kyle Duggar as essentially a linebacker. Uh, you could start maybe seeing more Anthony Jennings at the linebacker level. They they try to use him uh, kind of situationally and at times as an edge defender. You might start seeing him more as a linebacker, potentially. You might start seeing Chase Winovich at the linebacker level a little bit. I, I don't know. The bottom line is that something needs to change there. Um, I've been thinking this for quite a while. Um, on a week-to-week basis, it's, it's kind of fluctuated how productive the linebackers have been able to be. Sometimes it's been fine, other times not so much. This week put a stamp on the fact that these linebackers just simply aren't good enough. Uh, you got to start trying some different things. Um, and that's, that's just the way it's going to be. Um, so... That's that's really the biggest takeaway I would have from the the Dolphins game, um, especially particularly on defense. Um, I, I will also say though the defensive line didn't play great. Uh, the Dolphins' offensive line is good; it's not spectacular, but uh, the Dolphins were uh, at times really dominating at the line of scrimmage, and they never really at any points were getting beat per se. Um, the Patriots did end up with two sacks in this game. Uh, they got a little bit of pressure on Tua, but I wouldn't really say it was anything uh, anything too crazy. So <clears throat> while he didn't ever stretch the field much, he was he did complete 20 out of 26 of his passes. Uh, that's not, not a rate that you really want to let opposing quarterbacks live at. I mean, that should be fairly obvious, but that's about... 80% of his passes, that's just that's just too efficient to be allowing. Only 145 yards, but even so. Uh, and again, a lot of their yards just came in the running game anyway. They weren't dependent on the passing game in that same way to move the ball. Uh, he also had two rushing touchdowns, which ties back to the tackling issues and the linebackers. But that's... That's that. I, I've obviously made my point about the linebackers. Um, the secondary is always going to be fine. Uh, Stephon Gilmore did suffer an injury in this game. Uh, it will be season-ending. It, it's not going to be as drastic as it looked like at the time when it looked like it could have been an ACL injury. Um, it's It wound up being less severe. Uh, he'll be back easily in time to start next season. He'll probably be able to participate in most of the off-season activity as well. Uh, a relatively, uh, not quick, but uh, quicker than was feared and a less severe overall injury. So that's certainly a promising thing. Um, my main point here, though, just going forward this season, uh, the secondary is always going to be fine. We've been down the road of no Stephon Gilmore before, had J.C. Jackson as the top cornerback. 
uh, play some more Jason McCourty, Jonathan Jones, uh, even a little bit Miles Bryant, and it hasn't made a whole lot of a difference. They're perfectly fine there. Um, and we'll get into some other things that I I think could be coming uh, somewhat as a result of Gilmore being out just in terms of getting different guys on the field. Uh, sometime down the road, again, uh, it's probably going to be in a future episode, not the end of this one, but we'll get to that. Um, yeah, overall, I mean, I mean, the, the secondary was fine. The front seven wasn't so hot. Um, and it was one of those games, too, obviously, where the Dolphins ran the ball a lot, and that's always going to mean that you're not going to see a lot of Chase Winovich and Josh Suche. Um, that's never, frankly, optimal for this defense, I don't think. And it's it's kind of a, a, a what comes first, the chicken or the egg thing in some sense. Uh, obviously, you want to have them on the field as much as you can, but you can't really get them on the field unless uh, guys are tackling and guys aren't going to tackle consistently enough when a team's running the ball that much and they're going to run the ball that much in order to keep the edge rushers off the field. And then if the edge rushers are off the field, then you're going to have success in the running game. Circular reasoning here, really. Uh, it, it's all It's all linked. But the bottom line is, in my opinion... Uh, you you still need to get Uch or rather Winovich in particular on the field more. Um, like I get it, Shalik Calhoun's a good uh, run defender. John Simon, uh, even Anthony Jennings in certain spots, they're good run defenders. So I get it, but there comes a point, frankly, where. If if you want to build around a guy up front there, uh, you, you've just got to let him take on more and let him sink or swim. And I don't even think Winovich would sink. I think he would be a, a very effective run defender. They just haven't done it up to this point, uh, largely because they have guys established in that role that are doing it well, which is fine. But even so, you at, at a certain point, you just have to give yourself an opportunity to have the best players on the field. Um, and if it doesn't work, then you go back to where you were before. But I, 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 I really struggle to understand why Chase Winovich isn't on the field more than he is, even in these situations. I, I just, I, I really don't understand it. Um, but that's stated, uh, it is what it is. Uh, Winovich and Uche were only on the field about 20% of snaps in this game, which again, I, I think is way too low, but. Uh, what are you going to do? That's just the way it was. Going forward, I imagine that'll change. Uh, nonetheless, uh, that's really how the defense went. Um, I'll move to the offense. I'm going to kind of go through this episode a little bit quicker, if you can't tell, uh, just because uh, the season in many ways is kind of over, and I'll get into, I will get into that later as well. But the offense kind of was what the offense is in a lot of ways. Uh, particularly when you take out Damian Harris, you're just not going to get um, a lot of uh, dependable production play-to-play. Um, and it actually wasn't as bad as you might think. They just struggled to put points on the board. 
Uh, Sony Michelle, while he didn't carry the ball a ton, only 10 times, he did run for 74 yards, which is a clip you, you love to have from any back. Even, even if it's a starting, uh, a regular starting running back, you're kind of thrilled with that. Uh, Sony, it's, it's a hot and cold thing with him. I'm not entirely sure why that is, but there are games when he performs like this and you, you think that, uh, a true one-two punch with him and Damian Harris would work. Um, so that's certainly encouraging that you see him have a game like this. Uh, he did also have a catch for eight yards as well. You liked seeing him, uh, be a, threat in the passing game even if he's not electric there just having the ability to do it and make a defense respect it I think is really important and he's he has started to develop that a little bit Uh, I say develop I think frankly that he already had it Uh, it just hadn't been utilized he's also kind of lost arguably half a step since he was in college when he was a bit of a receiver so it's kind of just um Refamiliarizing himself with that role more than anything, in my opinion. But nonetheless, it's he's growing in that role within this offense, which, again, I think is really important. Um, stick with the running backs since I, I'm already there. Uh, James White and J.J. Taylor did not do much in the, the running game at all. Uh, they only had three carries for five yards. Uh, obviously, James White is more than a runner, and in this game, he actually did make an impact in the passing game. He had four catches on four targets for 52 yards. He was the team's second leading receiver, both in terms of receptions and yards. Uh, that's that's basically old James White, I guess. Uh, that's kind of something you would expect in this offense. You'd actually expect to see it more than you have, I would at least argue, and I think it's it's pretty fair to say that. Um, it hasn't entirely been the season we probably thought for White, but, I mean, in this game, he obviously he did what you expect in the passing game. Again, didn't have a huge role in the running game, which a little surprising because, again, Damian Harris was out, but you live with it because you know what James White is, more or less. Uh Taylor, again, he didn't do much. Um, He hasn't even been playing much uh, most of this season, frankly. Um, I I don't know what his role is the rest of the season, uh, to be quite honest. He he might start taking some kick returner duties, maybe. I kind of doubt it because uh, Gunnar Olszewski is certainly the punt returner. And I feel like he's the kick returner, too, unless Dante Moncrief plays. I feel like that's just what we've landed on at this point. So, yeah, I just I don't know what Taylor's role is. Um, that's not something I really expected to be saying earlier in the season. But he's kind of just gotten lost in the shuffle. Um, Cam Newton, we'll go to him, start with him as a runner, and then get to him as a passer. In the running game... He had nine carries for 38 yards. Uh, overall, I mean, he's he's been a factor there. It's It's been that way all year. It, it matters that he can contribute as a runner. It just, a lot of the time, it just, it's not, it's not the same. It's not what uh, people would have expected uh, coming into this season. You probably thought he'd have a little more of an impact. Uh, he's, in terms of just 
being overall productive, it's kind of touchdown dependent. Uh, he'll put up some yards, not a ton. It's not ever super efficient either. Um, I'll be honest, I think Patriots fans and probably even uh, NFL fans in general have kind of overvalued uh, Cam Newton as a runner. I, th- I think it, it's certainly a factor, but I think the fact of the matter is that in the league right now, um, it's it's not that hard for fairly mobile quarterbacks to to pick up yards in the running game. Um, it's 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 pretty common, uh, and he while he brings the power element, and that certainly does matter. Um, he's not really out producing a ton of quarterbacks in the running game. Um, yeah, I mean Tua for example, in this game. While it wasn't particularly efficient and he didn't run a ton, only three times for nine yards, he did have two touchdowns. And, I mean, raise your hand if you think of Tua as as impactful a runner as Cam Newton. I don't think anyone's going to raise their hand. So, yeah, it's... I don't know. I go back and forth on it, but... um, yeah, I think we've kind of overstated that with Cam. He actually did have a decent game through the air. Um, 17 of 27, 209 yards, didn't turn the ball over either, although he did have a fumble that was almost uh, very costly. Granted, they lost anyway, so it, it would have just uh, maybe added to the deficit. But uh, Long story short with it is that um, he he fumbles. The Dolphins really recovered it, but the problem was a a guy that didn't even recover it, Christian Wilkins, uh, was touching the ball while standing out of bounds just prior to Xavier Howard recovering it and then taking it for a touchdown. Uh, So it didn't count as a lost fumble. Uh, The bottom line, he, he fumbled, and... It's not the first time he's had a, a fumble like that where, um, in essence, he's fighting for extra yards where he honestly probably shouldn't be and just loses the ball. Um, I'm coming off as critical of Cam right now. I, I think it's I, – I don't entirely mean to do that, but it's also somewhat warranted. Um, it's It's hard for me to envision him as the answer going forward. Uh, even though he hasn't been terrible, I mean, you look up the, the stats with him, it's it's nothing impressive. Matter of fact, I have a tweet that I saw that can really illustrate some of that better. I should have had that on me before right now, but I can pull it up right now. So Cam Newton this season um, ranks... Out of out of qualified quarterbacks, of which I guess there are 35, I don't remember the exact parameters for it, but essentially uh, players that have uh, been on the field enough, thrown enough passes, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, there are 35 guys that fit that criteria. Uh, Cam Newton is 30th in QB, QBR, quarterback rating. Um, he's 26th in EPA. Uh, 30th in DYAR, um, 29th in DVOA, 30th in ADOT, 33rd in passer rating, 35th last in touchdown percentage, 
31st, 5th from the bottom in interception percentage. Um, 28th in um, net air yards per attempt. Uh, He's had the second fewest dropped passes. So uh, drop the idea of the wide receivers just uh, not doing their jobs for him. You can argue that for separation, but just in terms of drop passes, they've dropped the second fewest passes in the league. The pass block... Pass blocking win rate is 12th, so they're a little above average as pass blockers, and they've allowed the 12th fewest sacks. Again, it's a little over average. And yet, he's bottom 10, and in a lot of cases, bottom 5 in most categories. So, I don't know what what we really have out there to, to argue that that Cam Newton really deserves the starting job going forward, but I would even argue uh, where he necessarily deserves to keep it the rest of the season. Um, you you could argue, I guess, that you think he's better than Jarrett Stidham, but what concrete evidence do you really have that that's true? Because he's so close to the bottom that there's not that high a bar that Stidham has to hit to be as good or better than Cam Newton. Like, it's worth it's worth thinking about. I'm not even saying that I necessarily think Stidham is better, but it's not going to be that crazy difficult for Stidham to be better. It's worth looking into, and I'll get into uh, how, how viable I think that is in the near term, uh, particularly this week. Um, in the upcoming game, but I think it's something that certainly has to be given some thought. It's something that's been dismissed by Bill Belichick in particular, and just a lot of people, a lot of fans, they say, stop it, Cam's a true starting quarterback, we don't know anything about Stidham, why are we going to put Stidham out there over Cam? I I think it's something you really have to start considering. I, yeah, (laughs) it's the bottom line. Um, and I guess just to point to uh, receivers that are playing pretty well for him, uh, you got an example with Jacoby Myers, who had seven catches for 111 yards in this game. Um, and on top of that, uh, in his last nine games, uh, which is essentially when his playtime started increasing and he became essentially a starter. Uh, he would be on pace for, in a, in a full 16-game season, at at essentially the full-time playing um, capacity that he's at now. Uh, he would be on pace for 85 catches for 1,083 yards. And 119 targets, if you follow that. Essentially, that's that's essentially number one wide receiver production. Um, yeah, I don't... And that's... I mean... Th- that is what it is. You, I, I don't think, personally, that that's in any way linked to Cam Newton. You could almost make the argument that... For whatever reason, he he didn't form chemistry with Cam Newton, forced his way onto the field, and just hasn't let himself come off the field. But the fact, I guess, that he wasn't starting to start the season um, 
could just be he's developed throughout the season, but I'd almost argue that that's an indictment on Cam. Just not, um, for whatever reason, whether it's going out of his way to form the chemistry or... I don't know what it is. I, I can't entirely link that to Cam. The point being, Jacoby Myers is something going forward. And on a week-to-week basis, he'll sometimes just disappear in the offense too. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll leave it at that. The bottom line, um, even aside from my Cam little spiel there, Jacoby Myers is something going forward, and he had another really good game this week. Um, aside from that, not much happened in the passing game. Uh, Myers had over half their receiving yards, um, and obviously I touched on White, 4 for 52. Demir Bird had three catches for 24 yards. Nikhil Harry had one for 12. Sony Michelle had the one for eight again. Dalton Keene had a two-yard catch. Actually fumbled that uh, that ball, however. Uh, was not a lost fumble. The Patriots got it back, but he did fumble it. Um, uh, Jakob Johnson and Devin Asiasi were each targeted once, and there was no catch there. I don't believe either of them were drops, by the way. Uh, they were just misses. Uh We'll say, too, that there was another big miss to Dalton Keene on a, a potential uh, deep ball touchdown. Uh, he was open, and Cam overthrew him. I think uh, I think Keene got his fingertips on it, but, I mean, there was no way he was going to come up with a catch. It was just overthrown. Um, it's one of those things, again... Uh, and I, I can't entirely pin it on Cam. I'm sure it's also partly on the receivers, but there's chemistry with certain guys that just that needs to be formed and just hasn't happened. Um, again, I don't know that it's Cam as opposed to the receivers or vice versa, but there's something missing in the passing game, and I don't necessarily think it's just that the receivers aren't good enough to produce. There's there's something deeper. Um And it kind of goes into my point, I guess, of maybe you play Stidham and and you spark some of that chemistry uh, for whatever reason. Uh, It's just not here with a lot of these receivers. And I feel like Jacoby Myers can produce with pretty much any quarterback at this point. I I think that seems fairly evident to me that he's just a a well-nuanced receiver. And frankly, again, he's not consistently producing with cam because cam isn't consistently throwing him the ball so i i don't know honestly what you lose by putting another quarterback out there uh as opposed to cam um i've gone way on a tangent thinking back now just because i was trying to focus on the dolphins loss but the fact of the matter is that this loss again eliminates the patriots from playoff contention um the rest of the season from a pure wins and losses perspective doesn't matter all that much. The most beneficial thing, uh, just in terms of in a vacuum wins and losses would be to lose games to help your, uh, your draft status, get a higher draft pick. I'm not, again, I'm not suggesting that they do that, but, um, when, when you can, when I can frame it that way is that's the best thing for them to do. 
Um, I can certainly very easily say that the best thing for them to do is not worry about staying status quo, thinking that that's going to win you games, as opposed to trying something new. Uh, Now's the time to do that. There's really no risk associated with making some changes. Um, Yeah, it's the bottom line. As as much as Cam is just a a vocal leader, uh, seems like a great guy. I've, I've actually turned around on him a lot this season. I wasn't I wasn't totally sold on him in that regard, but he's he's been a great leader. He's got a, a much better attitude than I thought, and it, it kind of at times translates with guys on the field, uh, but there's just something missing in this offense, and it's fairly evident, and I don't think it's strictly that the wide receivers don't get enough separation. I see that argument all the time on Twitter. I hear it a lot just during games. There are specific weeks where there is factual evidence that that is not true. Um, and I'm not suggesting that on a, a week-to-week basis, these receivers can can um, get wide open downfield all the time, but they're not incompetent. I That, that argument bothers me. It, it really bothers me. I know that they're one of the worst wide receiver groups in the league. That that doesn't mean you can't have a semi-functional passing game. Um, there are at least at a minimum going to be matchups where you can have your way. Uh, whether you're playing a team like the Jets or, I don't know, the Raiders or the Seahawks or... The Cowboys, there's a whole slew of teams that have bad secondaries that even even in spite of not having a great passing game, these receivers are good enough to produce pretty handsomely in those games. And at times, it's just not happening. Um, do with that what you will. I've kind of ranted a lot. The point being, uh, something's broken, and I don't think it's just tied to the the level of talent of players on this team. And uh, even just on, on a more, uh, I don't even know how to frame it, but uh, if you think about it, these receivers, I don't think they're going anywhere. Uh, I mean, Demir Bird, there's probably not any kind of long-term commitment to by any means, but Jacoby Myers is sticking on this team. Uh, James White is sticking on this team as long as you want him to. Nikhil Harry is sticking on this team. Do not come at me, by the way, with the idea that because Nikhil Harry was a first-round pick and he's not playing like a first-round pick, that you need to cut him. I think that is absolutely ridiculous. He's staying on this roster. He has a role. He's uh, easily a top-three receiver on this team, and there's still upside going forward that uh, the right quarterback, you might be able to tap into something. Because I don't think Cam Newton's the right quarterback. So I don't know how you can say, because he's not producing with Cam Newton, who is, again, the wrong quarterback, that somehow just means that he's not good enough. Like, that. we'll see. He he may wind up not not panning out long term. And I, I don't think he'll ever look like anything close to a first-round pick. But to suggest that he's not a playable option on this team, to me, is just crazy. Um. But back to my point, Jacoby Myers, he's staying. James White, he's staying. Nikhil Harry, he's staying. Sony Michelle, unless you can trade him for something of value, given that he is a backup running back, he's staying. Obviously, Damian Harris is staying. 
Dalton Keene is staying. He's a rookie. Devin Asiasi, same thing. Uh, there's uh, these res- this receiving group is going to uh, stick around. It could be added too, but the guys on this roster really are going to stick. Um, so I guess the question is obviously something is broken. If those guys are all staying, what's the piece that that's more expendable and you can part with? The answer is Cam Newton. He's on a one-year contract, and I mean. He just hasn't looked that great. Even just watching him, uh, he looks like he's laboring every time he tries to throw the ball downfield, and he doesn't connect very often. Uh, not nearly as much as he used to, for sure. And I mean, it seems like far more often than not, he's missing on on longer throws. Um, his short uh, distance accuracy is uh, hit or miss week to week. Uh, there are weeks where it's good, and there are there are others where it isn't. Uh, just mechanically, it it doesn't look great. He he's not giving you the same kind of uh, boost to the running game uh, relative to other quarterbacks that he once did, for sure. Um, and I would even argue that his value as a as a, a power runner isn't all that necessary in this offense because you have guys like Damian Harris, even Sony Michelle. Uh, if Rex Burkhead comes back, him too, you don't need a power runner. You can just, instead of going with Cam, go with one of those guys, probably Damian Harris, to get those short yards, the, the short yardage pickups. I, that's what it is for me. Um, this has turned into uh, a Cam Newton-centric episode. Uh, so that's pretty much where I'll keep it. I'll go real quick with the offensive line. I thought they were decent. Um, the Dolphins aren't anything special as pass as a pass rush a pass rushing team anyway, but they held up pretty well. They did give up three sacks, but generally speaking, there wasn't a whole ton of heat on Cam Newton except for heat that he kind of allowed to happen because he holds onto the ball longer than he needs to sometimes. Um. Obviously, the uh, at least the Sony Michelle running game was solid, and as a whole, the Patriots averaged over five yards per carry. That's usually in part due to the offensive line, so they get credit for that as well, in my opinion. Uh, Justin Huron was the left tackle in this game. I uh, didn't see any Jermaine Illuminor, and um, I'd argue that the results were better with Huron, and that doesn't surprise me. And that's something I expect to see going forward, obviously, unless Isaiah Wynn is activated off IR, which at this point, I honestly don't know if there's any upside to doing that. Because if the Patriots are out of playoff contention, what's really the point of bringing back a um, one of the better left tackles in the league just to risk re-injury? Um, it's up to him, obviously. I'm just suggesting that it's no longer a need and might not happen. And if it doesn't, I'd keep Justin Huron at left tackle. Um, other than that, it's it's what you always see, obviously. Joe Tooney, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, Michael Owenu. That's what it's going to be. Um, and again, they, they, were, they were fine. They weren't spectacular, but they were fine. Um... Trying to think what else I want to hit on before I get back to the the one other Cam Newton point I wanted to make. 
I'll just go straight to that, I think. Um, I mean, I think I think the time is coming, frankly, unless um, there's just some crazy loyalty to Cam that I just don't understand, which is completely possible. But I, I think by the end of the season, he's not going to be the starting quarterback. Um, and it's got nothing to do, again, with him necessarily being worse than Jarrett Stidham. But the fact of the matter is they just need to try something else because Cam Newton isn't working. Um, I don't think it'll be this next game because they're playing the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. Uh, That would be a a heck of a tall task for a second year but almost rookie quarterback uh, just because he's barely played. Um... Yeah, that's just not a situation you want to put a guy like that in, I don't think. Um, Not to mention that it it wouldn't make ESPN particularly happy if you took uh, Cam Newton off the field. Um, That's obviously not why you... It's not a deciding factor in in why you put who you put on the field, but just in terms of, of marketing dollars, it wouldn't make them happy. Um... Uh, so I would say next week you, you stick with Cam probably, but week 17 against the Jets, I that seems like a really soft, juicy, perfect kind of matchup to to stick Stidham in there. I, I'd, I'd almost be surprised if they don't do that at this point. Um, the only reason why they wouldn't do that is if they want to bring back Cam Newton, I think. Um, and I don't see them bringing back Cam Newton. So I'd say you're at at least a 50-50 shot that Stidham starts week 17. That's obviously for down the road. I, I really shouldn't have gotten into that as, as deeply as I did. But that's frankly the, the top thing that's on my mind right now is that um, Cam hasn't been the guy, and you got to see if maybe Stidham could be the guy and – see if you need to go sign another free agent quarterback or draft somebody or something like that. That seems like the number one uh, need to address right now. Um, Other than obviously finding situations for other guys to get on the field because, I mean, at other positions, it's easier to do stuff like that situationally. That's just what the Patriots do anyway. You start working in the younger guys into those sorts of roles, uh, such as, Again, uh, Stephon Gilmore, if he's done for the year, um, obviously J.C. Jackson gets more situations as the number one cornerback. He'll get to go up against Stephon Diggs next week, for example, not jumping too far ahead of myself into that game, but he'll go up against Stephon Diggs again um, as that uh, number one corner against one of the better wide receivers in the league. He'll get to play more games like that. That's... um, just in terms of his development into a, a true bona fide superstar cornerback, that's the kind of exposure he needs. Um, you you talk about a guy like Kyle Duggar, who they've used a lot as almost a linebacker. Uh, you can start using him in pass coverage a little more. Let him um, diversify as a safety. Start to um, just just gain more skills. Um, you can start putting Jawan Williams. Uh, out there a little bit more you gotta really i think find a role for him it doesn't have to be as a starter i'm not suggesting that but i do think that there's a role for a guy as big 
lengthy as and solid just in coverage in general. He doesn't have great speed, but he's solid in coverage, even if it's just on a tight end or something like that, or a slower receiver. There's a role for Jawan Williams, for sure. Um, and they haven't really found it up until this point. Now that you have Gilmore off the field and the stakes are lower and maybe you can rest some of the veterans a bit, I'd be trying to get Jawan Williams out on the field quite a bit uh, just to see if he's a fit long-term, if nothing else. Um, so that's something I think they need to do as well. Um, yeah, you could, again, even do it with the the uh, edge rusher types up front, whether it's Chase Winovich, Josh Uche. Anthony Jennings probably needs to play a little more too as a rookie. Um I'd say Therese Hall, but Therese Hall is already kind of getting it, especially if Jawan Bentley, who got hurt in this game against the Dolphins, has to miss a little bit of time. Um, Hall is going to be on the field a lot more. I I think I like him going forward, too. Um, and then on offense, I think anything you can do uh, offensively, I think the most important thing is finding some way to get the tight ends involved. And I understand that maybe they're just not great. Uh, maybe, maybe um, whether it's Dalton Keene, Devin Asiasi, maybe they're not great blockers, great receivers. They don't get out on great routes, maybe. Like, that's completely possible. But I have seen countless times, uh, with that said, that they look open and they're not thrown to. Um, and some of that may just be because the play wasn't designed for them. They're kind of out of the play and almost even just ignored in pass coverage. But uh, I'm not sold that that's the case. So uh, you make a change to uh, go to a quarterback that's, uh, one, younger and maybe just a more um, a more live arm, for one, but also a guy that... Uh, Granted, it was a short off season, but in the off season or um, uh, training camp, probably not even probably, definitely got more reps with those guys with the second team offense than Cam Newton would have with the first team offense. Because uh, Ryan Izzo obviously was the first team tight end uh, heading into this season. Asiasi uh, and Keane were playing with backups more. Jared Stidham's the backup. Maybe there's something there, and they can gain some chemistry. I don't know. I, I want to be able to get an evaluation on those guys, though, because I don't think it's out of the question that maybe you draft or sign a tight end, um, whether it's in free agency, you take one in the draft. It's a position that potentially still needs to be addressed, but I need to know if it still needs to be addressed or not. So you need to get them involved as well. Um, yeah, overall, uh, now that this game is in the books, I think that's got to be the focus, though, is development, but also just getting fair evaluations on players, because you can't do that when necessarily when all you're doing is seeing them practicing with second team guys in practice. You, you just don't see them on the field that much because it's it's completely different uh, having guys in live game situations than just general practice reps. Um, yeah. That's that's really what I want to see going forward. Um, that's what I think you'll probably start to see a bit um, in the next game against the Bills. 
which I'll really dive into uh, more deeply uh, later in the week. Uh, types of matchups you'll see, ty- types of uh, game plan, scheme, and if there are going to be some personnel changes or uh, changes to um, how often certain guys, i.e. the younger guys, are on the field compared to some of the veterans uh, weaning them out of um, playtime a bit for whatever the reason. Um, if I see that stuff going on as well, I'll I'll get into that later in the week. And again, touch on the Bills, just what they are as a team again, although... Yeah, Frankly, the Patriots have already played the Bills, so I don't know how deep I'll need to go into that necessarily. But I'll do that too. Um, but yeah, overall, you just got to uh, reframe your mindset with the Patriots going forward. Um, they're no longer fighting for a playoff spot. They're now uh, evaluating what they have um, with, their, with their personnel, particularly their younger personnel. Um, it's going to look a little uncomfortable because that's not a position that the Patriots have been in in a long time. Uh, like I said, they've made the playoffs uh, every year for over a decade. Last time they didn't was 2008. And the last time they didn't win double-digit games was 2002. And the last time they had a losing record, which they're, um, could very well happen this season. I won't say that it will, but considering how good the Bills are, there's a good chance it happens this year. They haven't had a losing record in a season since 2000. It's 20 years ago. Um, that's that's uh, not much younger than I am as a person. So uh, it's it's an uncomfortable situation. But uh, that's that's got to be the focal point going forward. I will uh, stick with that mindset going forward but that's stated that'll really wrap up this episode's all i have for now as always i will have a written article accompany this episode i will have um the episode podcast episode embedded into that article and i will have a link to the article in the episode notes and description um if you haven't already, but you uh, enjoy my podcast content, whether it's this episode, past episodes, uh, like the insights that I share on these podcasts, you can and should subscribe to the Pat's Cast wherever you listen to it, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, the list goes on. It's out essentially anywhere. Additionally, if you like my written blog content, uh, you can and should subscribe to that as well. Um, that is smnewman48.wixsite.com slash sports with Steven. Uh, it's where all my Patriots content resides. Uh, it's been there for a while now, even before I started the podcast, but uh, certainly uh, even more so since I did. Um, it's where it's going to stay going forward. Uh Go ahead and uh, subscribe to that as well and uh, keep up with uh, reading that because it's a great accompaniment, I believe at least, um, to this podcast. Um, and if you really enjoy the overall insights that I provide and uh, would like to follow me more directly because there is also upside to just uh, keeping up with me more regularly, I guess, then this podcast is available to 
be recorded. I, I can't hit record on every single thought I have. Sometimes during the week, there are other things that happen that just don't make the podcast. But if you want to follow me more directly, uh, you can do so on Twitter at Newman Patscast. That's N-E-W-M-A-N-P-A-T-S-C-A-S-T. That will wrap up this episode, though. Um, it's going to get a little uncomfortable to talk about the Patriots as um, being a developmental team as opposed to not a playoff team anymore. But uh, the playoff hopes are gone at this point, and that's how we got to take it going forward. That's what I will strive to do, and I hope that's a frame of mind that you all can get into. Uh, but with that stated, uh, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope to have you all back in the future. I hope I haven't uh, sent you all spiraling into depression. <laughs> but thanks so much for listening. Hope to have you all back. And yeah, thanks so much.